You're listening to The Second City Show, a Chicago sports podcast with your host, Patrick Flowers. That's right. Welcome to the Second City Show, a Chicago sports podcast, and I am your host, Patrick Flowers. And today we are talking about the Chicago White Sox signing Yasmani frickin' Grandal today. Uh, If you have been under a rock all day, this afternoon the White Sox announced that they reached an agreement with the free agent catcher for four years that'll pay him $73 million or an annual average value of $18.25 million per year from now until the end of the 2023 season. So Rick Hahn and the White Sox struck big today, struck early, and picked up the best catcher available on the market in Yasmani Grandal. I'm going to be talking about it with David Wildman, who you can find on Twitter at David underscore Wildman 88. And you should go to his Twitter and give him a follow and check out the story that he wrote on the Grandal signing for the ONTAP Sports Network earlier today. You should also go and give ONTAP Sports Network a follow. Let's get right into it. Hey, Dave, what's going on, man? Hey, Pat, how you doing? It's a good day to be a Sox fan. It sure is. Hey, last time we talked, uh, we talked a little bit about our thoughts on the White Sox uh, free agency outlook this winter and some holes that we thought they needed to fill. And I think that our conversation and, and a lot of other conversations outside of us, the unanimous idea, uh, the the most obvious free agent choice per se was Yasmani Grandal. And sure as shit, Yasmani Grandal is now a member of the Chicago White Sox. What, what, was, your rea- what was your reaction? I was a little late to the party. I didn't find out till a little bit after everybody else. I was uh, tied up. What was your reaction immediately when you found out? You know, I, I always love how these things go down. Um, I was actually in Water Tower Place trying to do some Christmas shopping. And um, I, I sort of, I got a text from a buddy of mine that just said, OMG. And usually when, when that particular friend texts me something like that, I hop on Twitter right away to see what's going on. And the Sox are like the only organization in sports uh, that managed to disseminate their own information before anyone even gets a, you know, a sniff of it. I mean, it happened with the, the Eloy trade two years ago and again with Grand Dahl, so... You know, there, there's none of that going through and worrying about it being fake or anything like that. So, I mean, my immediate reaction was honestly shock. It was kind of like, wait a minute, what? Like, <laughs> you know, I we hadn't been linked to him at all. I mean, right, other than obvious speculation, you know, knowing that James McCann's second half regression to the mean of his career numbers was concerning in terms of the long-term outlook behind the plate and that young pitching staff. It was it was like I, like we said it was kind of an obvious fit, but there was no real credible report anywhere that linked the two together, like you said. And so, um, first I saw it was my dad text me, and you know he's just like you know Grindal and a lot of exclamation marks, and you know like any 50, 55 year old male who you who uses 
um, any form of social media. He's really reckless with emojis. So like it was just a shitload of emojis <laughs> after Grendel. <laughs> so I knew right there what, what had happened. It wasn't a false alarm. And, uh, you know, I didn't even I didn't even look for the numbers and years right away before I got excited. I, I didn't even care. And, and until I saw somebody say, uh, another friend, by text message, he's like, man, I don't know if I'm on board with this. That's a lot of money. And immediately I start thinking $100 million threshold, right? You know, if you say, oh, that's a lot of money, I'm a little weary of it. And come to find out, it's a four-year deal worth $73 million. And it breaks down to $18.25 million a year through 2023. And I got to tell you, I think anybody who's scoffing at that number is crazy. Yeah. I, I agree that a lot of the initial reaction um, was, well, that's a big a big hunk of change. And I, I would guess, here's my hot take for the podcast. You're not going to get another one. <laughs> I, would, I would guess that this will be the, the biggest contract that the Sox have ever given out for about another week max. Oh. There's, there's my hot take. I, I didn't know... I didn't know quite where you were going with that. I was, it felt for a minute, I was getting worried that you were going to say that that was going to be the biggest one they gave out this winter. Um, but I, you, you, you recovered nicely there. Um, Cause I, I, I um, I'm excited. I think, I think that, uh, I think this team is, is serious now. This is the indication that they're serious. You know, you talk about, you know, credible sources. We're so used to the past two years that it's like two months of just little leaks every two weeks or so, you know. Oh, the the Sox took Machado to a movie, you know, <laughs> shit like that. So, you know, it was really nice that before Thanksgiving this thing is cooking. And, and back to people reacting to the number, I mean, 473, the guy is 30 years old, but I don't think people realize that he's a top three catcher in baseball. Yeah. I think that's really where that disconnect comes in. And the one friend that I was talking to, and he was weary about the number, uh, you know, we're, what, five or six hours removed now, um, give or take. And he hasn't stopped texting me over the last couple hours since he's had a chance to really unpack this and look into it. And I told him, I said, how's that 18.25 number look right now? And he just sent me a laughing emoji. He knows he was wrong now at this point that he did a little research and just saw just how elite Yes Mighty Grandal is. That, that same friend texted me, you know, you take a brief look at the numbers and, you know, you give it a little scan and the power numbers stand out, especially from a catcher. The power numbers really stand out. But then you dig a little deeper and, you know, I, I challenge you to name me five other catchers that are getting on base at a 38% clip. Oh, you, you know, you can't, uh, you can't do, you can't name one other catcher because his 380 on base percentage last year was first in all the baseball among catchers. Yeah, and so you know, I I actually wrote an article about Grandall right after this happened, and I mean, you you dig into the numbers and offensively before you even get into the defense. Offensively, this guy is arguably the best all around offensive catcher in baseball. I mean, you got. Gary Sanchez and J.C. Realmuto that are his competition, but, you know, they're not getting on base like this, dude. Yeah. And, and then you dig into the defense, and I think that's where it gets really exciting. I I loved the number that I saw um, on Twitter today uh, where 
McCann was at negative 16 frame runs saved last year, <laughs> which was the absolute worst in all of baseball. And then you on the on the opposite end of that, you got Grandal tied for second with Austin Hedges from the Padres. If I'm, I believe that's correct, right? At plus thir- at plus thirteen. Uh, so I mean, you go from the worst run saved behind the plate in baseball to tied for second best in baseball, just like that. And I, I think it's it's hard to understate the effect that that's going to have on this pitching staff. Um, uh, you know, in terms of having a guy like Giolito replicate his success from last year. I mean, we were in a situation where McCann was sort of his personal catcher last year, mm-hmm. and a lot of people said that that was a big reason for his success. But then you get a catcher back there that is actually going to turn balls into strikes, and you know, having Kopech come back, Cease in his second year, even a guy like Lopez, I think that it's really going to be a huge boon for our rotation, which I think is now a really hot destination for a guy like Zach Wheeler. I yeah. think that the addition of Grand Dahl makes it a really attractive landing spot. Absolutely. And it's funny, you you know, you mentioned Lopez and Kopech and Cease and all three of those guys who are, uh, they're very talented and they're very young and they all, you know, they're all flamethrowers. They got heavy fastballs, but they've all had problems with getting in the, getting the ball in the strike zone consistently. And you feel that, uh-huh. at least I feel that immediately Grandal kind of helps that situation out. Another interesting wrinkle that you brought up was what happens next year with Lucas Giolito. You, you you noted that McCann was his, essentially his personal catcher all year, and now you know without a doubt, uh, Grandal is going to be the everyday catcher on that ball club. Do you see hit, uh, McCann losing Giolito starts to Grandal, or does it stay the same kind of? You know, not necessarily. I think first off, McCann's going nowhere. I think a lot right. of people are like, well, what about McCann? The answer is McCann's going to be our backup catcher. And a, and a good um, one. And a very good one. I think that is a perfect role for him. I think, you know, his second half last year was not bad. It wasn't all-star James McCann like his first half. Right. But that's not who he is. If the second half of last year is who he is, that is an ideal backup catcher. And then you talk about adding the 26th roster spot. And you maybe get into that discussion of, well, maybe do they carry three catchers? Mm-hmm. I, I think if just with McCann there as the backup and Grendel as your everyday guy, I think right now you have the best catching situation in all of baseball. You you might not have the best. Like you said, Real Muto you know, comes to mind as a guy who can do it all around, is probably thought of as the best catcher in baseball right now. But in terms of 162 games and the interchangeability there between the two, I, I think hands down the White Sox now have the best situation behind the plate in baseball. I, I would have to agree with you. I think that they really, you know, and that, that's part of what gets me so excited is because I think after last season we were all worried about, you know, are, are they going to sit around and the positions that are obvious to everybody as organizational weak spots, you know, are they going to sit around and just hope some dude popped up and keep trotting out? you know, the honor Navarro or, you know, <laughs> any of the long runs of losers that the Sox have tried out behind the plate since AJ left. Oh, um, man. It's such a, it is such know. a relief <laughs> to know that we don't have to see 
Oh my! You know the the White Sox catcher position since AJ Pruszynski retired was really reminiscent of the Bears quarterback <laughs> position prior to Jay Collar. Oh Just a constant exactly. revolving door of garbage. It really is, and so you know that was one of the first things I thought of is like you know this is like the Bears going out signing you know. It, it, I don't want to make a comparison because one catcher is not going to have the same impact that a stud quarterback would on the Bears. Right. But, you know, it's it's up there. I mean, it, it would be like the Bears going out and signing, you know, a, a Teddy Bridgewater or something, but better than that, you know? Yeah. So um, it, that was one of my first thoughts, too, was just thank God the revolving door catch has an awesome answer and all stars. Absolutely. Couldn't be better. I mean, so we talked, you know, obviously we talked his defense is great, um, you know, better than anything we've ever seen before, and I think it's going to really help that young pitching staff. But another thing it's going to do, and, you know, Rick Hahn alluded to this in regards to a conversation that he had last week, um, last Thursday at the general manager meetings with Grandal, where he requested tape on White Sox pitchers so he could study them, and then they were also – that. <laughs> That's amazing. And then they were also talking about um, he Grandal was telling Han, you know, how to improve the pitching both in and out of the organization. So if Grandal's already making it known to Rick Han who he wants to catch, who he thinks Han should bring in, I mean that's that fantastic. That's just all the more encouraging for us to think that, that we're going to go out and spend more money on pitching, which they obviously need. Did you did you catch that bit of Grand Hall where he actually said that Jose Abreu played a big part in him coming here? I did not see that. Uh, I did see that Grandall had you know said that uh, that he loves the way that the White Sox are setting up for future success right now in the position they're in and the seriousness that in which they're taking it, which is kind of echoes. Um, some comments last week by uh, Scott Boris that we kind of chuckled at, we're, we're, you know, because we've heard this before and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to set ourselves up for disappointment again. And Boris said that, uh, you know, the White Sox are an, are a real free agent destination now. Yeah, and I think that that is the point that we were afraid we weren't going to reach. Right. You, know, you 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 immediately think back to the Cubs signing. Lester, and that was sort of their moment of okay. People are, are taking note that we're serious about this. This is serious. This is happening. You know, we're coming. Yeah, so absolutely. Then could ultimately turn out to be that moment. We hoped that Machado was going to be that moment, but I, I think that uh, this could really turn out to be, like I said, that moment where you look back and it's like, okay, this is when, you know, like that gif of the Undertaker rising from the dead, <laughs> the Sox are Yeah, I totally agree. And I and I think that especially, especially so if they can parlay this into, you know, the next moves they need to make. We've heard their name attached to uh, Nick Castellanos. You know, we know, we know they need right field help. Um, or, you know, Nick can even play a little DH. But more more specifically today, the Zach Wheeler thing surfaced again, and actually a Mets and Yankees uh, beat reporter for SNY.com in New York um, put out a story 
And basically he said that the signing of Grandal today is signaling to him that Wheeler is next. Yeah. And um, he wasn't, you know, we can't, neither of us can find the tweet right now, but he wasn't the only one no. talking about this immediately after the signing. Um, ESPN 1000 had said that they felt like Wheeler was next. Um, you know, there was even stuff coming out yesterday about the Sox being in a group of, I think, four teams of like those Reds, Twins, and Padres that were in the lead uh-huh. for Wheeler. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it just feels like the Sox aren't here to mess around and wait till January, February to get this done. I think that they want to have this offseason not necessarily wrapped up, but they want to have it. I, I think a clear vision of what's happening by Thanksgiving. Yeah. And going back to the outfielder point, this really opens up our options with what we can do with that hole. Because before we added Grand Old, we needed a left-handed bat. So that was kind of like, well, while we might want Ozuna, we might want Castellano, maybe we should sign Calhoun because he's a lefty. So now you can really go out and get the best right fielder available and not worry so much about handedness. Right, absolutely. That's a that's a fantastic point. Um, and I now I think it's it's even more attractive for a Castellanos or an Ozuna, whoever you decide to go after really hard in right field. I think it's this is an even more attractive spot for him now with Grandal already here. And Grandal singing the praises of how the front office is operating and the future of the team, and you know potentially the addition at Wheeler in the next week or two. You know, I think you really put yourself in a great position leverage-wise with to to take the pick of the litter essentially in in the outfield. Yeah, I mean you're you're talking about it adding one of you know I think my personal favorite should be Cassianos or Ozuna with Wheeler, and I mean then you are talking about a contending roster yeah. once Madrigal and Robert are up that comes in at, I mean, right around $100 million total <laughs> payroll. Yeah, absolutely. Still plenty more money to do things. Still plenty of money to retain core pieces down the line, you know, during arbitration years. So, I mean, that's yeah. what, what a setup that is. And how sweet would it be to snag Zach Wheeler off the market knowing that the Twins are pursuing him? You know, just take them right out of the right out of the hands of, of your division rival, the defending division champion that you're going to be directly competing with in 2020. Absolutely, and and making sure that that regression that we talked about last week happens in Minnesota. Right. <laughs> making sure that they don't reload after the season they had and, and keep that momentum going. I think that that would be a really great little little shot to take at them. Definitely. Absolutely. I was looking at, uh, I was looking at a lot of stuff earlier, and Chris Kamka, obviously, he's the goldmine of of statistics that you would never realize, and probably I don't have the time to go seek out yourself most days. But he pointed out that in 2019, Grandal had 28 homers. We've we've highlighted the power numbers. There's his 28 homers, but he also walked 109 times. Only one player. In the history of the White Sox, has ever done it before. Frank Thomas. He oh did it. Boy. He did it in I two. Like, I like drawing <laughs> comparisons to Frank Thomas. 
Absolutely. He did it in the year 2000 last. So, you know, 29 years since we had somebody who can, you know, hit for power and on base like that at the same time. Um, or I'm sorry, 19 years, 29 years on 29, 19 years. Uh, so, I mean, that's cool. I mean, there's there's just so much good stuff out there. I mean, his numbers are so good over during the, the bulk of his career. It's just. And, and I mean, everywhere, everywhere. The dude is rock solid, you know. You think up a dream catcher, and I mean, it's it's really what you get. Yeah, you I know? mean, there's there's not really one area of his game where you can say, oh, he needs work here, he could be better here. He's just all around excellent. I mean, the versatility of being a switch hitter, you know, his defensive catching ability, his on base ability, his his the power numbers, fantastic. I I've been pumped all day long. I can't even tell oh, yeah. you how excited I've been. I mean, even off the field, just what this means, I think, for the direction. You know, it, it finally, finally, we're not just talking about it. We're finally doing something. And, you know, now, all of a sudden, you see this light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Well, the money will be spent, right? I mean, how long did we have, the, how long did we hear that that quote from Rick Hahn used as a narrative and almost, almost in a, in a, a joking or manner, you know, against him, you know, like, hi, yeah, the money's going to be spent. We've heard that before. We hear that every single year, you know, and, and the whole quote last week about people don't want to see the delivery. They want to see the baby. Well, here's the baby and like, and pre Thanksgiving. So the turkeys are ready in the oven for what could be an amazing yeah. white Sox off season that could lead to them finally turning the corner in the rebuild. Absolutely. And how nice was it? I don't know if you saw that, that for one, it was another franchise missing out on a free agent and giving some weak-ass statement. It was Milwaukee this time. Yeah. literally said, we tried. Yeah. And it's like, it, <laughs> it's, so, it's so nice to be on the other side of that. <laughs> which know? was like, you know, if you had to pick a, a theme or, or a hashtag for the White Sox 2019 offseason, it could have been literally summed up in just those words, we tried. Exactly. It's so nice so. to be on the other side of the table, and I think it's, I think it it can't go unnoticed how important it is, and we've that it's pre Thanksgiving, and we've already got probably the biggest piece, the first piece, the piece that's going to allow the rest of the puzzle to fit nicely. Because last year, it you know we were dancing with Machado and we were dancing with Harper, and you know all of a sudden. We're left when the music stops. We're left without a seat, and we end up with scraps off the floor. Uh, and you know, Alonzo and Jay and Nova, and it's like that was our biggest fear again this year. Was oh my god, how long is this this seeming you know this cold stove going to go? Because that's how it's been the last couple of years across baseball as a whole. How long are we gonna are we gonna wait till? February again with all of our hopes for for the future still hanging the balance and then yep. get kicked in the nuts again and thankfully and I, I think that, that's what we were all afraid of and like you said it's just a massive relief that that's not going to be the case and and like I said I think this team's cooking with gas now so I'd expect another big move to go down soon I do too. Um, actually, Clinton Cole, I I feel comfortable putting him out there because he put it on social media. So I don't think if this doesn't happen, I'm I'm jamming him up at all. But Clinton Cole actually said 
that he expects Grandal to be signed, or not Grandal, I'm sorry, Zach Wheeler to sign with the White Sox within the next couple of days, if not uh, by Thanksgiving at the latest. And he was asked about it a couple of times uh, by commenters, you know, is this speculation or is this source? And I, I saw in, on Facebook in one group, he said, I won't say anything other than, you know, I'm watching and, and I expect this to happen. So I think it's a little more than his personal speculation or educated speculation at this point. Yeah, I mean, Clinton, Clinton's a connected guy. Um, he, he talks to a lot of people in the organization, I think. I think Sox Twitter is, is blessed with a few of those guys that mm-hmm. some, for some reason or another have very legitimate connections in the Sox organization. And I think, I think Clinton's one of those guys. So I saw that tweet, too. And I, I think when you see stuff like that, it, it really makes you pause. And I think from Zach Wheeler's perspective, who wouldn't want to sit down to Thanksgiving dinner with a fresh $100 million in hand? Absolutely. You can't beat that. And if that happens, man, you got your catcher, you got your top-end rotation guy, and now you're searching for two bats – one to two bats and a back at the end, back end of the rotation guy, and you know maybe maybe you go shopping for some bullpen pieces. But you know the bulk, the heavy lifting is done. The heavy lifting is over with, and you don't got to worry about missing out on those big pieces that are going to be so pivotal yep. moving forward. So it exactly. it couldn't and have I, started any better. I think the the beauty of Grandall and Han was saying that you know they'll move him from catcher to first base to DH. And I think that that is another underrated part of this move is that it really does lean towards you really maybe only need to add one more impact bat. Right. Because before, well, we need a catcher and we need a DH and we need a left fielder and then, you know, all that. And I think now you really checked off three or, you know, three of those boxes in one move, which is why it's just so exciting. Yeah, without a doubt, because McCann, you know, can hit, and when he's not in the lineup, when Grandal's behind the plate, McCann can DH, and vice versa, when when McCann is in the lineup, Grandal can DH, and you're right. I mean, you essentially now, you, you you I would have to imagine right now that the White Sox are in a position to essentially run the DH by committee again this year, but not the same because now they have actual guys that can hit to put in that spot, <laughs> you know. So it'll look a lot, it'll look a lot better. And it'll keep everybody fresh, you know, around. You want to keep Grandal fresh. You want to, you want to keep Abreu fresh. He needs days in, in that designated hitter hole. And with the 26 man on the load roster. Load management for the playoffs, Patrick. What's that? It's called load management for the playoffs. <laughs> load management. I would love to worry about uh, load management for said playoffs because that would mean that we were just worrying about some fucking playoffs for once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Maybe unlike the 2016 team, we could even be in a spot, you know, like at the All-Star break where the wheels aren't falling off. <laughs> this team is is much better constructed uh, on and off the field, so I don't think we, we have to worry about that. I think if they're in it, they're, they're in it. Yep, I, uh, I completely agree. I think that uh, I think this team is better constructed now than it was 24 hours ago. Um obviously, and I think that it really does signify that we're moving in the right direction, and, and I am encouraged by all this smoke that I'm seeing around Wheeler, so I'm, I'm sleeping with one eye open, almost, when it comes to that. 
I am too. Um, I think uh, I think next time we're talking, that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to knock on wood here because I am a White Sox fan, and so I I've been I've been fooled before, but I, I feel pretty pretty darn confident right now that the next time you and I are talking on on this show, it's going to be revolving around the addition of Zach Wheeler. I. I would guess you're right. There's and there's my hot take for the show. We both got one now. I don't know how much I don't know how much of a hot take that really is, <laughs> other than the fact that I'm guaranteeing it and I'm going to look like a clown if they don't get him. Well, I'm the one that said we're going to hand out an even bigger contract within the next week, so True. we're both on the line here. But it's it's nice to be in a position where we feel confident doing that. So let's just count our blessings. Absolutely. All right, Dave, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure talking White Sox with you, and hopefully, like I said, we're talking again real soon about the next pieces of this 2020 White Sox team. Yes, sir. It's all good vibes. Awesome. Folks, that was David Wildman. Once again, go find him on Twitter, David underscore Wildman 88. Check out his Grandal piece today. Give him a follow. Give it a share. Uh, That was excellent stuff. A lot of fun talking with David, as usual. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode on the Second City Show. You can find us on Twitter at Second City Show, all one word. Give us a follow, share this episode, um, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you.